bringing you in now. The all-new LBX Daily Show. Brought to you by the LBX Collective. Your community to connect, engage, and inspire. Now, let's get ready to roll. With your hosts, Christine Buer and Brandon Wiley. All right. Hey, everyone. Hey. <laughs> it's Monday. <laughs> All right. Equally excited about Monday as we were about Friday. So I, love I know. I know. I find Mondays overwhelming sometimes. There's just so much stuff. There's so much stuff on Monday, you know, to go through from yeah. the weekend and just everyone yes. just gets all excited. Yeah, much like today, there was a ton of industry articles out today. Did you notice that, Brandon? <laughs> yes. And because mm. Monday was so packed, did not get through um, all of them mm. yet. So, mm-hmm. um, but lots mm-hmm. of reading for tonight. Yes, definitely. Yeah, definitely. There was a, a quarterly outlook survey that was issued by IAPA, and there was another from uh, Leisure News that was issued about the uh, state of the attractions industry, which are both really interesting reads and give you lots of different viewpoints. Highly recommend reading them. Um, and just a reminder to do your research and make sure you um, look into the data that's provided in these things. <laughs> yeah, Summers- just, just take them take them as a nice blend, as a nice yes. blend together, right? Um, yes. And uh, and in the one, the leisure report is by White Hutchinson. So that's that's the right. you know. So if you're you're going to Google it, it's White Hutchinson. Um, and then also uh, there's a great article out by Blue Loop, and this was about Jim Pattison Jr. on mm-hmm. the evolution of the attractions industry. So also another oh, great read. Highly recommend uh, spending some time. They're they're long form, but not super long form. So definitely recommend spending your time uh, some time doing that. And really, if you don't have time, just use my tool, just uh, copy it, paste it into chat and just get it summarized for you, <laughs> which yes. I didn't do yes. this time, but I'm going yeah. to now just so that I can read it again. It's so amazing how, how that does, mm-hmm. like it really does it I well. Know. So yeah, I know, it's awesome. I know. I know. All right. Um, well, I've been, I, feel, right. I feel like I've, I've been in a, an amused mood today, so to speak. I've kind of been laughing and crying a little bit and just get, I don't know. I don't know what's going on with me today. It's just Monday and it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's not sunny out or something. Anyway, um, I love a good roast. I don't know about you, Brandon. Have, have you ever seen the, the Wendy's roasts when they roast McDonald's? Oh, they're brilliant. Like, they are brilliant. here. I, I just, I have to share a couple. I'm going to go back one um, because I find them so amusing. Anyway, here's, there's a picture of a McDonald's truck <laughs> and, um, and a fan at Wendy's texted Wendy's and said, Hey, what would you call this? And Wendy's like, is that a garbage truck? <laughs> Which is yes. Right. And then another one, Hey, at McDonald's heard the news. Happy national frozen food day to all of your frozen beef that's sticking around in your cheeseburgers. Like, honestly, I just don't know that there's a better roaster until today. Um, I found this very amusing. So apparently not Sperry farms, they have their, um, they have their hangman show out right now, which is getting kind of like so-so reviews. But the part that's actually nailing it is where they actually roast Disney. So I'm going to play this um, just, but listen for this. You'll see that they roast the phantasmic dragon um, once it gets set on fire, um, trying to put it out with the world of color, other comments on the dragon, which I won't ruin, um, and some things about the recently offset Disney. It's, it's a getter. Dragon up we hear the dragon get on fire. 
Looks like Disney laid that guy off. So cancellation, Hulk! <laughs> Don't worry, I'll put out the fire. I know what that was a world of color. What did you say? You can hear the money going down. No, just go straight down. Yeah. Wow. That dragon went down faster than the Galactic Star Cruiser. <laughs> I mean, Oppenheimer himself couldn't have made a bigger bomb. You got to do for a, a few for the cerebral crowd. Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. <laughs> Anyhow, it oh. was pretty funny. Um, well done, not Sperry. Even if your show was so-so, the roast was good. So Yeah, the Star <laughs> Cruiser, that's, uh, you know, rest in peace. I was mm-hmm. looking forward to doing that at some point, but mm-hmm. it will never mm-hmm. happen. That's all right. Mm-hmm. Um, all right. Well, so that is, uh, that's a, sort of like a Halloween. Oh, we're good. Yep. Sorry. Okay. No, all good. All we're right. Good. Um, so, so, you know, thinking about the Halloween thing, um, I, I came across this pumpkin patch. It's out of uh, Albuquerque, New Mexico. It was started in 1999 by a family that he actually owns a real, uh, like a real farm. Uh, they have 300 acres that grow alfalfa, corn, pinto beans, and pumpkins and they used to wholesale their pumpkins but they started this pumpkin patch back in 1999 and slowly built it up over time and um, what's amazing now is that they grow still pumpkins on 50 acres but they don't actually have to sell any wholesale because there's that many people that come through now to the pumpkin patch and buy pumpkins and it's now become like a massive albuquerque uh, tradition and I'm sharing my screen here because it's unbelievable. They've built out over 60 attractions. And for those, we've not really spent a whole lot of time talking about agritainment um, yet at this point, um, but it's sort of like that agritainment period of time and season and weather and everything else right now. Um, but I've never seen any pumpkin patch that has as many attractions and also the variety of attractions and really interesting things here. So I'm just going to scroll down. Um, you know, somewhat briefly call out a few things. They obviously have some of the standard things like jumping pillows. Um, but one of the things they have was this apple cannons. So you can buy a basket of apples, put it into this like almost like potato gun type thing and fire these apples out at different targets that are out there. You can also launch a pumpkin on the pumpkin cannon, take your standard things like hay rides and other stuff, but like they have stuff for all different ages And then things that you don't even expect to see at a pumpkin patch, like a princess castle, go get princess makeovers, have tea with a princess. You can buy princess clothing and they have a pumpkin carriage. Like they all this stuff. They have bunnyville. So like bunnies that are living um, like in like small, like you're basically like a, um, like an old West town and bunnies hopping around big fat bunnies. And then this was one of the things that I thought was the coolest was the corn box. It's just Mm -hmm. as box filled with raw corn you know or whatever dried out corn kernels raw corn kernels would be kind of gross um dried out <laughs> corn kernels and uh and you just play around in them and like a ball pit but with corn so i'm not sure what happens if chickens get in there but it seems like it's super it'd be a you know a lot of fun and then i'll scroll past a bunch of other things because they have like attractions that go on for days um but then i loved their f and b and their retail so they have a whole country store They've got a princess gift store, food, like a, like a food hall, basically, but built in the like Wild West form. Uh, minor check, homemade fudge, and um, you know all sorts of really creative stuff here. Um, so anyway, 
just thought I'd have to share this just for some inspiration. If you're looking to add some really, you know, unique fall type things to your, 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 uh, you know, your environment. Well, like this, this is a very pumpkin patchy type thing that you could do and it could even be pop-up attractions for a short mm-hmm. period of time for locations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, this place is pretty spectacular actually. And you know, it, they have built in some really unique stuff that I've never seen. I, lo- I love the corn thing too. I just wonder where all those corn kernels are going to end up, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm, I'm sure they there. end up in shoes and in pockets and everything else. <laughs> yeah. with these kids, Yeah. I love that they're not having to do pumpkins wholesale. Like, can you imagine being in the wholesale business and how much margin revenue we'd lose? Like, I'm sure they are just cleaning house now that they're selling these retail to people that are coming in for these experiences. So brilliant. Congratulations to them. Well done. Totally. Totally. Um, and so, you know, as long as we're out there in, in Albuquerque, there's another place that just opened up. Uh, in fact, they, they are actually, I think they either just opened or they're opening this weekend as their opening weekend. Um, I think that that's what it is. It's called Pars and Rec. Um, and that is also there. They're a they're a golf similar simulator venue, and they have food and beverage. Okay, nothing super fancy about that. They have five golf bays. Um, they've got a full retail shop. Uh, they really you know solid branding and logo and everything else developed for them. Um, but they're also it's co owned by PGA Pro uh, David Mutit, and he does lessons and he's you know does that kind of stuff. And so he operates it and co owns it. But what I, what I really wanted to call out here was that they partnered, instead of doing the F&B themselves and probably doing it somewhat mediocrely, um, they partnered with a local brewery in Albuquerque that is pretty well known. They're called Star Brothers Brewing. And I'm just pull up the menu here. And what I liked about this was that Stars, Star Brothers Brewing could have just come in and provided some food and put it, throw it in their beer, but they actually mm-hmm. modified things. So they first of all call it Star at Pars Pizza. So they have pizza and there's a couple of different custom pizzas. You can't really see the titles too well, but that's okay because actually in their drink menu um, you've got here, they actually went an extra, like a little bit above and beyond and called them 19th Hole Refreshments. And then they renamed their drinks Mulligan Mule, Breakfast Ball Paloma, on the green margarita, you know, and, and a hole in one, which is a different type of you know, drink. And then, you know, they even went down and like called their beer area, the water hazard and like, just, just tried to theme their food and beverage menu around the golfing. And so really just great partnership and collaboration between these two different companies. Yeah. It's super cute. Really well done. I love, there was a, another one frost warning that was in there. Like yes. not only did they theme their drinks, they themed their whole menu and everything, the categories. It was really cute for sure. Yep. Yep, <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Awesome stuff. Super fun. Um, speaking of more fun. Oh my gosh. So one of my favorite comedy skits is James Corden's carpool karaoke. Like, I mean, if you haven't watched it before, then you're missing out. You need to go to YouTube and subscribe. It's over now. James Corden is over. Um, and I, you know, I rewatched the last one, uh, that he did with Adele today. And of course I had to have my Kleenex handy cause I was mm-hmm. crying and laughing all at the same time. <laughs> amazing. Amazing. But there may be a new rival in town. You guys, um, there is this new re- um, uh, oh my gosh, what's it called? Called um, reality TV show, <laughs> and it's called Extreme Karaoke. Okay, and it takes place in a Dutch amusement park um, called I'm not going to say this right Durenroll Holiday Park. It's in the Netherlands. 
And what the idea behind it is, is to put the contestants, who are all children, by the way, <laughs> which is even more funny to me, um, into very difficult situations and have them sing as they're in these difficult situations. So they have thrown them into things like bumper cars, um, a really nasty water spin ride that makes you sick and dizzy, um, and multiple roller coasters. So this week's episode is actually in a roller coaster. And I've actually was able to find a shot of some of the kids on the roller coaster with headsets on. Well, this poor little boy looks like he's going to throw up. Um, but I think, I think, I mean, I think it's amazing. You know, let's put our kids in some really interesting situations and challenge them to get out of it. They're not going to get harmed in doing this. And it really builds, you know, some character here. I just thought it was such a fun thing to do. And I have not been able to get any video footage of it yet, but once I do, I will definitely post it. Yeah. And is this, is this an actual reality TV show or is this a promotional sort of like quasi TV show for that theme park? No, it's actually a true reality TV show. Uh, yes. Cause I was thinking like, how cool would that be to like do like little mini social media spots or like TikToks where sure. you've got, um, you know, some kids or whatever on some of your rides or some of your attractions, like doing, singing, like doing, you know, either karaoke or something else. I, I thought that this was maybe like a, you know, promotional stunt cause uh, mm -hmm. it was pretty brilliant. It is pretty brilliant. And I hope that this park actually takes advantage of the fact that it's being uh, filmed there. I'm sure they will. I can't imagine yeah. that they wouldn't, they wouldn't, right? Yeah, they should. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, all right. Well, so this is a place that opened up last weekend, actually, in Chesterfield in the UK. And it's called Sugar Snap Play. And um, yeah, basically, it was a, a mom who had an 18-month-old uh, child that uh, had some um, special ed education needs. And she was looking for a place where she could bring her child and there really wasn't anything that existed. And she was also a child development um, specialist as well. And so she's got background in child development and thought, I'm going to create a place that's not your typical bounce house, jump place, soft play place that you would find for a kid. And that was around in her area. And so she created this place called Sugar Snap Play. And um, it really focused on young children. So children like four years or younger. So they, they you know, focus on that. So hopefully there's a lot of population turnover in Chesterfield um, because obviously that's not a greatly massive demographic, but they've got some, you know, they've, they've taken a really modern, clean approach. This is their little cafe where they've got different snacks that the parents can you know, eat with their kids. They've got a floor that they roll out rugs and they do different things uh, they do yoga with parents. They've got some soft play. Uh, they do a lot of different classes, but then you also, they've spent some time and focus uh, on building SE, you know, SEN rooms or SEN rooms for special education needs. And these are kind of these sensory, um, not deprivation rooms, uh, but like, uh, like calming rooms, basically. So quiet, calming music, lights, some cool lights you can play with. And then they've got other rooms as well that are meant to just stimulate touch and stimulate um, the brain and, and neural pathways and, and stuff. And so mm -hmm. anyway, um, thought that the one reason I'm calling this out is like, location-based experiences, location-based entertainment can take any form and all forms. And she looked at the landscape and what she had available and saw an opportunity, saw a gap and, and filled it in a really creative way. And I think, you know, it, it's great to see people thinking more creatively about how they create these types of environments. Yeah, for sure. For sure. I love it. And I think that we definitely need more of these. Um, and I, I know I've been feeling a lot of inquiry, inquiries lately about people that are wanting to build these types of centers and they don't know how to build it so that it can be all inclusive like that. And so I think that there is a bit of a movement that's kind of coming our way where more of this stuff is going to get incorporated for sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's good awesome. stuff. Cool. Um, so, sure shots. 
Um, and now I'm not going to pick on SureShot, but I just, I thought it was really interesting. They caught my attention last week because they had announced that they have this new ticket technology. And um, what they're allowing uh, users in their systems to do is you are now able to standardize your ticket settings regardless of your order quantity. So your ticket value can be calculated based on case price, individual price, or cart value. Now, I know SureShot's not the only company that does that. As a matter of fact, I've used others that, that have done this as well, but it was just, it's kind of tweaked in my mind. I'm like, oh, what's happening with the AI revolution and with like tickets and redemption and stuff? Like, are they going to make our lives easier? Um, so, uh, you know, because here's the thing. Like if you guys have set a wall before, then you know, setting a wall is an art form. Like it's just not something that you can assign anybody to do. You have to learn how to do it. And not everybody can do it well. It's like, you know, setting up a massive display where you're displaying all of your goods and it has to be constantly monitored constantly and not just to make it look pretty, but are items in the right place? Are the ticket values set properly? You know, um, and it would be so cool in my opinion, if we had this use of AI that would allow us to monitor how and when items are being redeemed and if it could even adjust for that, right? So in my mind, wouldn't it be cool if it was something similar to like flexible pricing? So if the tickets or if that item isn't moving, the AI is like, hey, this item hasn't moved at this ticket value. Can I reduce it? And I was thinking about that and I thought that's cool. I mean, however, that would cause us another problem. How do we change the ticket? pricing on that actual item? Are we going to have to go to digital redemption tickets on the front, which isn't a bad idea? Mm -hmm. I know cost expensive, but seriously, probably a really good idea. Um, which I mean, I think would be so cool. Or, or, or I was also thinking, what if you have an item that's not moving and no one's recognizing that, right? Because no one's looking at the wall. What if AI was watching um, it and said, hey, I noticed that up in this location over here, this is where most things move. So move your product up over into this location on the top left side, and we'll put something that always moves down into where this item is, right? So it could be giving suggestions to your staff to help things move, right? Making recommendations where it can sell, sell things, right? Um, and then I was thinking even more, I'm like, oh, okay, let's go even a little deeper and even a little crazier. What if it actually started to recognize repeat customer behavior and provided recommendations to customers based on what they purchased in the past? So let's say little Johnny, he's got a card and, and we've been tracking Johnny's redemption purchases over the past year or whatever, or how for however long, or we know that Johnny's five or whatever. Um, the system says, hey, Johnny, I know you're really into those marshmallow stuffies. We've got one today that you're going to love. You know, now, I mean, what if AI could operate in different ways and say, you're only 50 tickets away, go play some more games. Or um, what if it's even said, hey, Johnny, you've got 100 points to spend today. Here's a selection of items that I think you might like, which could minimize the time that Johnny actually spent in front of the redemption counter trying to pick items. Because as you all know, it's a kind of or it's a bit of a nightmare at the end when kids are trying to pick items and you've got this massive wall and they're kind of stuck in that. I don't know what to pick and I don't know what to choose. What if we could help them and just make that experience that much better? I don't know. I just I just yeah. think there's going to be so many cool advancements for AIs coming down the line that uh, we need to start wrapping our heads around. Totally. Yeah. There, and there's so many opportunities. I mean, even when it comes to uh, doing flash, I don't want to call it flash sales, but flash redemption opportunities, right? For so, sure. you know, maybe I'm I'm in the center and I've seen something and I and I've flagged that I liked, I wanted this, maybe I said this as a goal and I wanted this thousand, this thousand ticket item and I'm at 700 tickets. And then all of a sudden I get a notification that says, hey, flash sale for the next hour, this thing is <laughs> only 800 tickets. And so now I'm going to go and load up my card to get another hundred tickets so then I can go and get that item. Right. And that's just, a, you know, and I, but I'm notified and there's so many things that could be done oh. really interestingly there. I love it. Yeah. Yeah. Let's write a program. <laughs> <laughs> Kidding. 
Yeah. No. <laughs> let's uh let's add one more thing. Yeah. Let's yeah, just, yeah. Let's, let's. Okay. Uh, well, all right. Well, that, that was uh, Monday. <laughs> that was it. Yeah. So that's um look that's that's it for the day. Uh, that's it for the daily show today. And um all of our LBXers, this is CB and BW signing off. Stay tuned and keep kicking ass. Cheers, everyone. Thank <laughs> you.